This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined us today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, I hope wherever you are, you are warm and doing well. I know there is an Arctic blast going through many parts of our country. Many of you who are listening, maybe even have kids at home uh, for a snow day or uh, the local school in your area is closed. And all of that allows this time to be a very intimate time together. And I'm so glad that we are together because today we're going to tackle a topic that I have been waiting to discuss with you. And I'm so grateful to have both my guests and our featured topic for today. Before we dive into that, let me say thank you once again to all of our friends and partners, those who support the ministry of Equip. We are here each and every day because of God's grace expressed through your generosity. So thank you. And I in particular want to thank those of you who have become monthly partners this month. Uh, Carolyn from Evanston, Illinois. Levon from Arlington Heights, Illinois. Amber from all the way in the Arab Emirates. Praise God that uh, there's a global reach for the program. Many, many more have supported with one-time gifts. Thank you for your support financially. We certainly need that because I'm a firm believer that we're in a spiritual battle. I think all of us know that for the souls of a generation. And in many ways, in most military uh, realities, uh, the best and well-funded army is the one that wins. And there are a host of great ministries out there that certainly are deserving of your funding and your support because we know that our adversary has a pretty steady flow of resources that are coming in to promote sin, to mislead in an anti-Christian and anti-biblical worldview, so much so that our culture has experienced a massive moral revolution. But yet, in the midst of it, we, the people of God, serve a God who gives us grace, he gives us strength, and he has called us to be firm, to not dilute our message. And that's why here on Equip, we are committed to declaring every day that Jesus is Lord, that the gospel is true, that the, the scriptures are the word of God, and that salvation is found in Christ alone. If that matters to you, if you want to get that message to your community and to the next generation, can you stand with us today? prayerfully and financially. Give your best tax-deductible gift by calling 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Well, today, I want to focus our attention on answering the question, where is God in your journey of parenting a child with disabilities? Maybe you're a mom or a dad that has a special needs child and you have experienced what it's like to feel socially displaced in a world that seems to be um, designed 
for those who don't have disabilities, seems to cater to those who don't have any physical um, or emotional um, or social disabilities. And yet you, as a parent, are walking this journey with a child that does have special needs. Or maybe even more heartbreaking, you've experienced what it's like to sit in church and say it's not just the broader culture that's designed this way, but even the church seems to only cater to those um, with uh, without disabilities. And so today, I really wanted to carve out this time to be able to answer the question, where is God in your journey of parenting a child with disabilities? And the good news is everywhere, that his grace can be seen all around us. But I do think that there needs to be a revisiting of the way Christians understand and approach and support families who are on the journey of uh, raising a child with disabilities. If that's you today, just know we're going to carve out space for you to give us a call at 877-548-3675. That's 877-LIVE-675. But I could not be more excited to have my guest today. Steph Hubach is my guest today. Steph is many things. Um, she's, um, an economist, she's a worldview expert, but she's also a parent. Um, she's an author and a parent who has told her story and impacted the lives of many as what it means to be a mom who's raising a son that she loves dearly, who has special needs. Steph Har- uh, Hubach is uh, a research fellow in Disability Ministry at Covenant Theological Seminary. She's also a visiting instructor in the seminary's educational ministry program. Uh, She previously served as director of mission to North America's special needs ministry. She's an accomplished author as well. And I have in front of me her book, Same Lake, Different Boat, Coming Alongside People Touched by Disability. It's a revised and expanded edition. Steph, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me on your show. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. And uh, a friend of ours uh, in, in, gave me your book, uh, Greg McDougall, who serves at our local church here, Woodside Bible Church in Southeast Michigan, uh, in special needs ministry. And I love Greg, and I trust him tremendously. And he says, Pastor Chris, I know your heart, and I want you to read this book And the more I read it, the more I just gained tremendous respect for you and the work you're doing. So before we dive into the content of the book, talk about the work you're doing as a research fellow in disability ministries at Covenant Theological Seminary. All right, great. Thanks. Um, Well, as you mentioned before, I had originally uh, led the disability ministry for the Presbyterian Church in America. And after doing that for almost 10 years, I moved over to the denominational seminary, hoping that as we can influence pastors and ministry leaders and Christian educators before they actually get to the church, right, (laughs) in terms of how to think about uh, disability biblically and how to think about uh, what is actually disability ministry uh, in in a gospel context that we could help Instead of having to write the ship after a you know, a church has been going down a certain path for decades to be able to influence ministry leaders before they they get there. So I do uh, a variety of writing and speaking on disability related topics. I um, I'm currently working on a project related to the idea of relentlessness, right? What is the unrelenting yes. love of God in the in the uh, 
context of relentless difficulty look like? Um, and so it's it's fun. I get to network with a lot of different people, and I, that's how I get to meet people like Greg, right, who who yes, run the ministry yes. at your church, and so and many um, others. So, yes, yes, many. You, you know, and I should mention this too: that Johnny Erickson Tata wrote the forward to your book, and Johnny has been in many ways um, telling the church um, she's been a voice of uh, clarity and courage and strength that we need to be mindful of those whose lives have been touched by disabilities and helping us to have a biblical worldview on these matters. And I want to come back to worldview because one of the things that I um, just appreciated about your book and was pleasantly surprised by is your strong and firm grasp on the various views through which we see the world that impact the way we see those whose lives have been touched by disabilities. Before we do that, though, just talk about what your hope is with the book. Why did you write Same Lake, Different Boat, and what's your hope? My hope is that it would really help to transform the church. I wrote it for the church, right? Um, so it's interesting. I've had people describe it as a book that defies genre. Right? So some people <laughs> say, well, there are a lot of parental stories in there, but wow, there's a lot of theology in there, right? So so it, I do use story to try to draw the reader in in order to to point to Christ, right? And to look at how, this, how do we really understand some of these questions um, more biblically, because we haven't really honestly taken the time to think about them. Um, and so my, my, the book is really divided into several parts. One is, is simply how do we think about disability biblically, right? Next section had to do with how do we understand uh, what families are facing, and then how can the church respond? Right? And the newest edition has also some other more hot-button hot topic kind of items and things that I'd learned since the first time. For some, I I put it out in 2006. So, yeah. so yeah, so it's been it's really meant to be used as a um, as a conversation piece, essentially, right? Well, a self reflective conversation piece that can be done in group settings amongst ministry leaders, amongst families, right? So yeah, and, and I just want to commend and say that I think it's a great book. Should be required reading for church leaders. Um, church yeah. leaders who really want to make sure that we aren't inadvertently catering our churches only to those whose lives have not been touched uh, by disabilities. And in many ways, it, it is becoming more and more prominent. How have you seen things change from the time that you first began to do research, writing, and, and really uh, parenting a, a special needs child to now? How have things changed? I think they. I think there really has been a very positive movement in this area. I mean, there's so many more churches that are, are intentionally trying to reach families affected by disability than there were, say, 30 years ago. My son, who has Down syndrome, is 32 now. So the world in 1992, right, was a somewhat different place than it is today, and in some ways more positively, in some ways not so positively. Sure. Right? But but in disability uh, circles, in many ways more positively. Um, I think uh, school inclusion has helped a lot in that area, right, throughout the, throughout the United States in the last several decades, uh, because what's happening is many parents whose children are included in school activities come to, who do come to church, and many people who have families affected by disability don't attend church, so that's another, another issue. But those who do come um, are coming 
with a sense of expectancy that their child will be an active participant, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is making churches sit up and go, oh, <laughs> what are we doing about that, <laughs> right? So I, I think one of the ways I've had people describe same like different boat is it's not a book about disability. It's a book about life through the lens of disability, right? And um, in that sense, I think that actually makes it a little easier for folks to pick up and read and say, oh, yeah, this is this may be a disability-related issue, but it's also an all-of-life issue. Or it's also a, it also has really clear gospel implications that I would never yes. have seen right, if I hadn't yes. seen it through the lens of yes. disability. Right. Well, for those who are com- committed as uh, church leaders, as Christians, to reaching the unreached, we often talk about the 1040 window, the unchurched. Mm-hmm. We often talk about uh, Gen Z and millennials who maybe have uh, become unchurched or de-churched. One of the largest, I think, unreached people groups, one of the largest groups of unchurched men and women in our uh, culture today are those families who whose lives have been touched by disability uh, because so often our churches uh, have not thought deeply enough to create space for them. So we want to address that today. We want to really help. How should we think about disabilities? How should we as uh, Christians approach this entire topic? Well, Steph gets into that. She helps you to think through not only how the Word of God shapes our thinking, but how we as the church should respond. I want to encourage you, if your church has not formed a ministry specifically for those who have special needs, to uh, get a copy of Steph's book. If you are a parent or someone who is serving in special needs ministries, I want to encourage you get a copy of Steph's book. But for all of us, this is going to be a very important conversation. Join the conversation. If you need prayer or encouragement, the phone number 877-548-3675. That's 877-LIVE-675. We'll be right back. More of Equip right after this. Every new year, we set goals and resolutions, but I've got one that every Christian needs to put on their list, memorizing scripture. It's a powerful and essential part of our spiritual growth. To show you how serious I am about it, I want to send you a book to help you get started. It's simply titled Memorizing Scripture. I'll send you a copy today with a gift of any amount. Call us at 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Today, we're talking about the journey of parenting a child with disabilities. Maybe you're on that journey. And uh, today, we'd love to be your prayer partner to come alongside, to be a voice of encouragement. Also, on our social media platforms, you can find out about an event that's coming up if you're in Southeast Michigan, where uh, Steph is going to be visiting here for uh, you to be able to uh, uh, be encouraged as well. So please go to our social media platforms at Equip Radio, EquipRadio.org. Again, the phone number is uh, 877-LIVE-675. Steph, before we go back into the content of the book, let's go to Michelle, who's listening in Michigan. Hey, Michelle, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your comment? 
Um, I just think it's important that um, we remember and um, express in our families that how we uh, view the disability of our child is how they will view the disability. Um, Obviously, I believe that the Lord doesn't make mistakes and that there's a reason that he has chosen us to walk this path. Um, And it's just always been important to us to lean into him and to trust him and his plan. Um, It's important to not feel like I can control my daughter's life, but it's entirely up to him how many years, how much life that she has and how we look at that and view that in our family, I think shapes who the children become and how they pursue their relationship with the Lord. Yeah, you you are 100% right. I'm so grateful for your call and for your comment. And I pray that today, um, one of the things that we'd be able to accomplish in this conversation with Steph would be to help parents who are maybe struggling with how they should view it, struggling between maybe disappointment or or even denialism. Uh, so I appreciate, Michelle, you giving us a call. Steph, uh, what do you think about Michelle's comment? Yeah, very wise, Michelle. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think, I think in the uh, story in John 9, right, where Jesus and the, his disciples are going, walking along the road, and they go past a man who was born blind, and the disciples stand there, and they immediately start to posture from their their perspective, right, about how they perceive this this fellow. And they say, well, they turn to Jesus and say, who sinned, this man or his parents, right? The under, underlying thought in their day, right, was that this, this fellow had done something wrong or his parents had done something wrong in order for him to be blind. That was just the, the assuming point, right, <laughs> that they started, the assumption they started from in the conversation. And I love how Jesus just turns it on his head and he goes, neither. He said, this happened that the work of God might be displayed in his life, right? And so so Jesus takes our entrenched worldviews, right, wherever they come from, and and can turn them on on their heads, right, and help us to see people with disabilities um, as God sees them and help them to see ourselves as God sees them. And that's where I would say that what I tried to to do in the opening section of Same Lake Different Boat was to really put a, a word picture on the struggle I had had when my son Tim was born, in the sense that I, I knew that I had grown up also, you know, believing in God's sovereignty and God's goodness. That God wasn't asleep at the, the switch when Tim was born, right? I, I truly believed he was was created in the image of God. And at the same time, I'd go to disability conferences and I would hear, um, "It's a difference, no difference in hair color, right?" And I said, "Why does it feel so difficult, right? <laughs> if it's simply a difference, no difference." In hair color, why do am I also experiencing certain elements of, of grief and the loss of expectations of what I thought our lives would look like versus the path that we're actually going to go down, right? And so, yes, so yes. where I ended up biblically was this idea that well, disability, from a historical standpoint, you think back to the era of institutionalization in the United States, right, and the whole medical model, model of disability where it's the only thing that's really viewed is the functional aspects of how disability affects the body, right? That view of disability says, well, disability is an abnormal part of life in an otherwise normal world, you know, which makes the person with a disability an aberration, right? And just as you were saying mm-hmm. earlier in your comments, mm-hmm. Michelle, it was, 
you don't want to teach your child that they're an aberration because they're not, right? When we know and shouldn't right. be parents, you're not an aberration. You're a beloved image bearer of the living God, right? And so, but then you go to to the more postmodern perspective that circulates in disability circles often, and it's just no difference than a you know a difference no different than hair color, right? And 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 that emphasis is almost exclusively on that disability is a social phenomenon, right? That it's a function of how people are treated. The impairment itself has little or no bearing, right, on the disability. Whereas what the biblical uh, the biblical perspective is the only one that takes the truth of both of those other perspectives and then puts them in the correct tension, right? Which is that disability is a normal part of life. It's to be expected in an abnormal world. Right, where nothing mm, is as mm. it was originally intended to be, right? And so once we we can then we can hold intention that oh, living in a fallen world means that people will have experience impairments in the body that do bring on legitimate difficulty, right? And people will treat others poorly, right, <laughs> because they're sinners, not the the object of their derision, right? But the, but the person who's doing the deriding is a sinner, right? And 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 speaking to someone else in ways that diminish their personhood, right? Diminish Absolutely. their image bearing, right? So so I think when we can land on disability is a normal part of life in an abnormal world, it's, it, it is simply a more noticeable form of the yes. difficulty and the brokenness that's common to the human experience. And that's the key word, that's common to the human experience, a more noticeable expression of the difficulty that, that it, and brokenness that's common to the human experience. And then that levels the playing field, right? <laughs> and then we're able and to, I think, to you know, I think that that's yeah, beautiful. Ahead, yeah. yeah, I was I was just going to say, I think it's beautiful the way you described that. And what you just did is what your book does in taking what's known as the modern view of disability, um, which is the older view of disabilities, and then comparing that to the postmodern view of disability, so this uh, the modern view, again, you described it well as looking at those who are disabled as outcasts totally, um, that science needs to fix them, that they're a problem to be fixed. The, the postmodern view uh, tries to uh, put rose-colored lenses on and say that not only is disability normalized and it's a reaction to the abuses before it, but that we shouldn't at all lament it at all. And yet the biblical view allows us to be able to lament the the brokenness. And we're supposed to be Mm -hmm. a people of lament while at the same time being a people of hope as well. Mm -hmm. And understanding that as we traverse a broken world, yes, there's going to be this common sense of brokenness that we can lament, but also common grace that we experience. And then that even special grace that those of us experience that have put our faith and trust in Jesus. Um, Steph's book is brilliant, and that's why I really wanted to have her on. I want to go to the phone lines, though. Uh, Meg is listening in in Davenport, Iowa. Hey, Meg, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your your comment, Meg? 
Thank you for talking about this subject. Um, we have a special needs son. He has a partial deletion of the 18th chromosome, and he can do, mm-hmm. you know, a fair amount of things for himself, but reasoning and things like that, and he can't drive because he can't make decisions fast enough. There are different things he can't do. But we um, were blessed that someone told us about a college, Shepherd's College. It's in mm-hmm. Union Grove, Wisconsin. It's for mm-hmm. special needs people. Um, our son went there for three years. That's the length of the program. You major either in horticulture, culinary, or technology. And um, he now and the students are taught how to live on their own, how to make a meal, how to balance their checkbook, how wow. to uh, shop. Um, they are taught all kinds of uh, all kinds of skills: cook a meal, everything like that. So um, our son Jordan lives in the mother-in-law suite of his brother's house. On Lookout Mountain, Georgia, he washed the dishes hmm. at Covenant College uh, five days a week. Oh, awesome. Um, he just flew home for Christmas, and he manages the airports all by himself. And um, I went with him uh, one time, taught him the rules, and I would, you know, do this, this, and this. And then you go find something to eat, you know, whatever. And he's a rule follower, so he manages <laughs> fine. He flies all over, saves his money. Um, he worked at the Johnny and Friends um, family camp last summer for a week, and he. Praise um, God. Helped. You know, I think I, I think about what uh, Meg just shared with us, Sue, and we got just a few moments before a break. But what it's such a blessing to know that there are organizations and ministries that are out there. And while, yes, there may be disabilities in certain areas, you could talk about with your son. Uh, physical disabilities. There are also enhancements in certain areas, such as spiritual sensitivity. So it blesses me to hear Meg's testimony and also the resource of the Shepherd's College as well. We're going to come back with Steph Hubach, but I, I want you to take advantage of this break by calling us at 877-548-3675. Maybe your family that needs prayer and encouragement because the journey has been difficult and challenging. We certainly don't want to minimize that. Or maybe you know someone who you love that you would love for us to pray for and encourage. We also have a few copies of Steph's book that we love to bless a few of you with. Dial 877-LIVE-675. We'll be right back with more of Equip right after this. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. We're looking at the book, Same Lake, Different Boat, Coming Alongside People Touched by Disabilities. Also, I want to make sure that I mentioned the daily devotional that uh, Steph has put together as well, Parenting and Disabilities Abiding in God's Presence. It's a 31-day devotional for life. We want to encourage you. We want to strengthen you today as well. You give us a call so that we can pray, encourage, and give wisdom at 877-548-3675. Also, if the Lord has blessed you through the program, can you support us today by going to our website, equipradio.org. There you can give and support the ministry as we fulfill our mission to equip Christians to more effectively live, share, and defend our faith. Let's go to Colleen in Evanston, Illinois. Colleen, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your question for Steph? Well, my niece is in the middle of a pregnancy, and they've discovered that the baby uh, 
has um, a disability, and of course we're praying. We know that the Lord can heal, and that the baby could miraculously be healed and and born perfectly healthy. And but I feel like where do you have a balance between knowing the Lord can heal and that He wants everyone to be healthy, but if the baby is born with a disability that it's not that the Lord has abandoned her and it's just, you can imagine how she feels. Yeah. It's a great question. Steph, how would you respond to Colleen's question? Right. Well, Colleen, I think I want to go back actually and connect your question to Meg's comment before, if you heard her on the the program just a few minutes ago and called in and talked about a a group called Shepherd's College that was supporting her son. Cause I, I use a lot of their material and some of their key ideas kind of answer this, this question. I've, and, and one is, it just comes back to what I said before about John nine and the man born blind. It, it's this idea that, that your niece's son or daughter, it was going to be, it is, is already a person who's created on purpose for a purpose. Right. And so whatever that purpose is, right. That's what we want to embrace. What is, God's purpose for his or her life, right? Um, and and that that child, the second point that Shepherd uses is that that child is created as an individual for community. So there's, we have so much emphasis in our world on living in autonomous ways, right, and independently, and yet we're all created for community. And so there's ways in which a child who has a disability often calls forth community from people in in ways that help the entire the entire group, um, and that, and that ultimately, that that all of us are, are intended to to um, be empowered to serve, right? <laughs> Not empowered to live powerfully and for ourselves, but empowered to serve. And so, so my prayer for this child, uh, whatever their abilities or disabilities, right, would be that that they would come into this world, and their parents would know with absolute certainty that he or she was born on purpose for a purpose, right. Um, and that she was meant to to live in community amongst people that actually demonstrate the love of God, right, to her and her to them as well. So um, when it comes to the question of healing, if you want me to address that in particular. Well, well, let me me say this if I could real quickly. I think that one of the things that your book does so well is is bring balance that there's no sin at all in wanting and praying for healing and um and and desiring that but it's also really really important that we trust in the sovereignty of God in all things and so I want to do something for Colleen you stay on the line Colleen because what I would love to do is to give you a complimentary copy of Steph's book Same Lake Different Boat coming alongside people touched by disability. And I think it's great in, in two ways. One, the Lord is sovereign in allowing you, you and your family to walk down this road. This, this moment is not outside of his providence and, uh, and supervision. And so see this as an opportunity and really an invitation for God, from God to invite you and your family to grow in your understanding, not only uh, for your own edification and benefit, but but even for the body of Christ broadly, all of us are 
instruments that the Lord can use to help the church to really get this right and to make sure that our approach is not modern or postmodern, but biblical. But also, um, if the Lord um, allows this child to be born uh, with special needs, uh, Steph's book is a great resource to be able to help your needs. Father, we just join Colleen in prayer. We ask for your loving touch and presence. And Lord, strengthen them. Remind them that you see them, that you promise you would never leave us nor forsake us. Demonstrate your care, your grace, your faithfulness. And Lord, I pray that you would bless Colleen, her niece, and the baby that is to come. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Stay on the line, if you will. Let's get practical. If you had a room full of pastors, what would you want us to know uh, about how we as church leaders can better uh, minister and and um, and structure the church in a way that better ministers to those touched by disabilities? Hmm. I, think, I think one of the things we have a tendency to do is to look at uh, especially the larger the church, the more, the more difficult this is, right? Um, to look at meeting the needs or of a certain population as being a programmatic uh, endeavor, right? Uh, versus really seeing that reaching out to families affected by disability is just central to the mission of the church. And the way I like to describe it is um, disability ministry is about uh, making the gospel the good news of the coming of Christ's kingdom, accessible to all in word and deed, right? So that the deaf can hear it, people with intellectual disabilities can understand it, people with physical disabilities can come in to hear the preaching of the word, those with neurological disabilities can process it. So that, that, that every individual has access to the saving gospel of Jesus Christ, both in word and in deed, right? And so... Um, I think when we make that that the mission of disability ministry, we see how it's very much the mission of the larger church as well, right? Yes. <laughs> we ought to yes. be making the gospel yes. accessible to all, um, and that that's, that is, a, is more central than, say, the issue of inclusion per se, right? Um, if we are seeking to make the gospel accessible to all, we'll recognize that, that people with disabilities um, who are believers do belong. Right, they yes. already belong yes. according to, to to Paul. Right, and so they belong as part of the body of Christ. So, so inclusion is where we have to change in order to make that more of an experiential reality than it might feel like sometimes. But it's already a theological reality. Yeah, and I and think that listening, to, it, I think that listening as well, listening to the um, the families, uh, making mm-hmm. sure that they're if you're a pastor that you have opportunity to be able to um, listen, give, give feedback, and, and uh, invite those families to have input into how we can make our church more effective in making sure the gospel gets to everyone as unhindered as possible. Let's go back to the phone lines. Tara is listening in Florida Hey, Tara, thank you so much for giving us a call, and thanks for listening to Equip. How can we pray for you today? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a... And 
it's very hard when you're on the spectrum because you have different interests than the rest of the kids that don't yeah. have disabilities. And um, I've just been very discouraged lately, and my heart's broken for him. And um, he doesn't mention it. He just is happy and joyful and goes about his life and, you know, does what he has to do and is, is a wonderful, wonderful blessing. And but my heart hurts. And so if you could just pray for us. Sure. Sure. Well, uh, first off, we want to make sure we bless you with a copy of Steph's book. We want to get you a copy of her book because we believe it's going to be an encouragement to you. You're, you're a blessing, Tara. And I want you to know uh, your son is blessed to have you uh, for a mom. I'm so grateful that you're in his life. And uh, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God will strengthen and encourage you. Um, Steph, we have about a minute before a break, but can you quickly pray for Tara and her sweet son. I will. Tara, what's your son's name? It was a little bit rough uh, sound for me for a second when you were talking. My son's name is James. James? All right. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for the unique and wonderful gift of James to Tara and her family. Father, I know that it's difficult sometimes when the way that people are wired is different than the way that others around them are wired and it can be so hard to feel like you fit in or to feel like you're understood. We thank you, God, that you don't call us to fit in because you have already made us just as we need to be, that you love us um, so deeply from your heart exactly as you have made us informed us for your glory and for our good. I pray, God, that you would use James' life in a mighty way. I can tell you've already said to transform the heart of his mom, who loves him so deeply and wants so much for him. I pray, God, that you would use James in his neighborhood and his family and his church to help people see your fingerprints all over his unique design and to ask themselves what they can do in order to move towards him, to give him deeper relationship and deeper connection in life. Most of all, Lord, that he would come to know you personally as well. So we thank you for him and his family. We pray you give extra grace to his mom. as so many, many extra tasks to be done to help his life function well and to give him the support that he needs. We pray that you would meet her on a daily basis in the sense that she just knows without question that your Holy Spirit is in her and that your, uh, that your love carries her through each day. Jesus, let me pray. Amen. Tara, you stay on the line. We're going to get you a copy of Steph's book as well. And I hope and pray that you know that today God sees you, that he loves you, and that he is near to you and to James. Uh, Friends, I want to encourage you, go to our website. Again, this is a great opportunity for you to get a copy of this book. For you, for your leadership team, for your staff, for your small group for a friend or neighbor you love. Same lake, different boat. Coming alongside people touched by disability. Steph Hubach is a blessing, and I want you to be blessed and encouraged. Go to equipradio.org. We'll be right back. At Equipped, it's our goal to strengthen your faith. And we're always excited as we hear stories of people coming to faith as a result of our program. But we couldn't possibly accomplish this mission alone. 
That's why we're looking for equippers and people just like you who will give a monthly gift to help us keep this program on the air. Would you consider partnering with us? Become an equipper today and receive special insider benefits, such as a bi-weekly email that contains pastoral messages prepared just for you. Call 888-644-4144 or go online to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful for you guys listening in, and I hope you've been encouraged, and I hope you know that God sees you, that he loves you, that he is faithful. And yes, we live in a world affected by the fall. 100% of us are affected by the fall. There's no way around that, no denying that. But yet in the midst of it, God's grace is sufficient. And that's the message we want you to get, and we want you to be encouraged today. And we also want to give you some practical things that can really make a difference in your life, in your family, and in your church. One of those resources is a 31-day devotional for life that Steph has uh, put together. Steph, talk a little bit about the devotional, what your heart was behind parenting and disabilities. I think I think in the end, right, what every one of us needs most of all is Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it comes right down to. And so as parents who are raising kids with uh, disabilities and different kinds of needs, that what we ultimately need, while we benefit from programs and we benefit from those things, we ultimately need the power and the presence of Christ in our lives, right? And to know with certainty that God is with us. And when you look at the arc of the scripture, all the way from Genesis to Revelation, right, what you see is just this unfolding story in so many different ways about how God is with his people, everywhere from image bearing to how he is, is with us faithfully as he was with the Israelites all through the Old Testament, even when they were unfaithful to him. He's, he's with us when we're unfaithful to him, all through the New Testament, through the incarnation of Jesus, the equipping of the Holy Spirit, and even ultimately into the into the day someday, right, when all things come to their culmination in the second coming of Christ, that we will be with God in his presence forever. It's all about God's presence. In yeah, us, and, us. You know, and, and I think about your ministry, and in so many ways, it could be a soapbox ministry. I mean, uh, let's be honest, the church has a lot of growing to do in this area. And when I first began to read your book, I thought, well, I wonder if this book is going to uh, just be another criticism of where the church falls short. Uh, But yet I found it to be so much more. It wasn't that at all. It was a call to a passion for the gospel, for the gospel Mm -hmm. to reach all people. It was Mm -hmm. a reminder of the desperate need we have for God's presence, to abide in God's presence, that there's Mm -hmm. no sugarcoating, that life is hard, and raising a child with disabilities is not, um, it's not easy, but yet by God's grace, with his help, we can do it. I would love, before we pray for you, Steph, uh, and and, and we're going to definitely do that, I would love for you just to give an update on your, your own family, your own journey, your sweet Tim, and and uh, mm. how your family's doing. My family's doing well. I'm one of those uh, older parents now who has a child with special needs. I don't know how that happened. But 
Tim's young at heart. Now. Young at heart. <laughs> young at heart. Yeah. Tim's thirty-two now and lives in uh, his own apartment at our house. And uh, he has a basement apartment, daylight basement in our house, and he has several different jobs where he works in the community at the grocery store and at a doctor's office. And he may have the world's best uh, work ethic. <laughs> he has to work wow. every evening wow. going. He goes, let's go and get those customers, customer service, <laughs> the glory of God. So there we go. <laughs> plays in the praise band at church as well. So Tim has a very full, full life. But most, you know, again, most of all, what I just said a minute ago for us as parents, it's true for our kids with disabilities too. Tim has the most amazing relationship with Jesus. He does. Yes. He has the most beautiful prayer life, the most um, sincere and active faith. Uh, it's just I am constantly put to shame, right, by watching watching Tim um, yeah. operate in his trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, he has been a, a tremendous uh, blessing and life-changing uh, agent, right, in my life, in my husband's life. Um, our older son Fred as well, and all all who've gotten to know Tim, right? And when we've had well, you, you've been like different boat. You'll know we had our ups and downs when he was growing up. Yes, so yes. It's, um, well, you know, and that's so, the beauty of the honesty of your book. But you mentioned your marriage. Got to give a shout out to your husband Fred. Just want to say, thirty eight years of marriage is a testimony in this generation. No matter what you face, but with divorce rates so high, in particular among families who ha- are parenting children with special needs, it's a real testimony. And I really do think the things you put in same lake, different boat, not only help us as individuals and churches, I've talked a lot about that, but it will help marriages as well. And so I would encourage you and your spouse Get the book, read through it together so that you together can experience God's abiding presence and to have the same worldview and to operate from the same perspective. If you don't mind, I want to pray for you and so grateful for your parents. You dedicate your book to uh, your parents, Dara and, and Everett, and what they imparted in you and you're imparting uh, into so many as well. And I just pray that you be encouraged, Steph, by the fruit of your ministry and that God will continue to help churches and families as well to embrace his grace in this area. Father, I just thank you for Steph, for Fred, for the children. I pray that you would continue to bless their family, give them grace, strengthen the ministry and allow it to reach the hearts of many. Lord, we pray that our churches would be a place of welcome for all, that the gospel would reach all unhindered, Lord. And we pray that whatever barriers have been in place would be removed. Bless, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So excited that Steph is going to be with us here at Woodside Bible Church on January 24th for a time with moms of children with disabilities. If you're in Southeast Michigan or don't mind making that trip, find out more on our social media platforms at Equip Radio. Steph, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you for the privilege, Chris. It was great. Thank you so much. Friends, the book, Same Lake, Different Boat, coming alongside people touched by disability. Go to our website, equipradio.org. That's equipradio.org. Don't forget, support the program. Your gifts allow us to continue to declare the gospel in your community and beyond. And on the other side of your generosity, lives are being changed forever and for eternity to the glory of God. Until we're together again next time, as always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.